Welcome to Credit Union Conversations Podcast with your host, Mark Ritter, a forward-thinking CEO who excels in helping credit unions, small businesses, and real estate investors succeed. Join Mark as he explores current trends, interviews industry experts, and get fresh insights on optimizing your operations and delivering the best possible services to credit union members. Hello, this is Mark Ritter. I am your host of Credit Union Conversations and also the CEO of MBFS and New Direction Lending. And thank you for joining us today. And thank you for listening. And hopefully you're subscribing on your favorite audio platform because we see the numbers and our numbers keep jumping up each month, uh, which, which I'm glad we're getting our message out there. Today is a special day for me. I would not even say it is one of my peers in our studio today, but it is really a, a pioneer in our industry. Today, Larry Middleman, the CEO of CU Business Group, is joining me today. Larry, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Mark? Great, great. So it, it's a special time for you. It's a special time for CU Business Group. Tell people who don't know uh, about you a little bit about you, your background, your future plans, and about CU Business Group. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate the opportunity here. Um, So Larry Middleman, I'm the founder and CEO of CU Business Group. We are a CUSO that helps support credit union business services. So underwriting uh, loan documents, managing loans, building a program, etc. That's our, our CUSO is all about commercial lending and commercial services and providing support to that. I came to the industry actually 21 years ago uh, from commercial banking, CPA background, that kind of thing, and had a real passion for providing services to businesses uh, from my banking world and brought that over to the credit union industry where things were very consumer focused 20 years ago when we started CUBG. So. I just was saying, gosh, why aren't we helping businesses when we're helping them as individuals? Can't we help them with their small business needs too? So that was really the genesis of forming CU Business Group to provide that assistance and expertise that is needed uh, for credit unions to put together a program and really support small businesses out there. So we've been in business now for 20 years as of August 3rd coming up. And we've grown this, the, the CUSO is now serving over 650 credit unions in 48 different states across the country. Um, we process hundreds and even thousands of credit transactions each month on behalf of credit unions trying to make loans and serve their small business members. So it has been a real pleasure to, to lead, the, uh, lead the CUSO, CUBG, as well as lead the industry. We were pretty early in this whole offering of commercial services, and, uh, and it's been a heck of a fun ride to be able to lead that charge and really uh, have some positive influence on how credit unions help businesses out there. Absolutely. And tell everybody uh, what, what you'll be doing uh, in the next few months. <laughs> well, that, that's uh, the, the, the announcement just went out that I am retiring. I'm getting to be an old guy here. So, uh, you know, time is of the essence. And I put in a long and lengthy financial services career, but I'm going to be retiring here this fall and, you know, going to do even more fun things than, than having Great. fun working at CU Business Group with credit unions. <laughs> and I, 
really enjoy Justin, and we've had a great relationship um, getting to know Justin. So I'm really looking forward to continuing that relationship. We've got great leadership in place at CUBG, Justin and Rachel. So that's that's great yes. to hear. Yeah, I am actually having the 20 year anniversary of when I got into credit union business lending. And I looked back at the numbers one time and the year that I started up in the credit union business lending space in Pennsylvania, where, where I'm located, there was $13 million of credit union business loans in the entire industry. And almost all of that, the vast majority of it was Amish loans at the time. Um, you know, today, uh, credit unions are doing individual loans over $13 million, which I never thought I'd see. I'm not sure about you. So let, let's go down memory lane a little bit. Tell me your favorite, uh, what those early days were like, what you thought it was going to be like, and, and, and what it was like when you first went out there to the industry. Yeah, that's those were the days, I guess. Um, I'm coming to you from Portland, Oregon, here where CUBG is based. I would classify, you know, 2002 through about maybe 2007 as the wild west of commercial lending for credit unions. There were there were participations floating around any everywhere. Due diligence was was very minimal, I would say. Um, you know, the, the number of, of loans being originated by a few lenders and purchased by a large number of credit unions was, uh, it, it was, it was quite an, an interesting run to see how those loans were originated, underwritten, managed, et cetera. You know, the environment in 2002 through about 2007 was wonderful for commercial lending. I mean, what could ever go wrong with commercial real estate? It, it was, was a perfect a time. I remember somebody who is no longer in this industry looking at me at one of our industry events that we had and said, my biggest challenge is getting credit unions to understand math on how much money they're going to be making on this deal. And this person is no longer in the industry after his business collapsed and QSO collapsed. And I always say it was the time where whoever had the quickest reply that said, yes, that was your business lending program. I would totally agree. It was it was a race to buy participations. Hey, I've got this loan. Who wants it? First come, first serve, and kaboom! First on the email gets the loan, and the next the next however many people miss out. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Loose participations. We at CUBG always tried to underwrite the participation on behalf of the participation buyer, and they said, "What are you doing all this underwriting for? The lead lender has already underwritten the loan. Why do we need to do it again?" So you would get these very skimpy like reviews of underwriting, and we just didn't think that was appropriate due diligence for buying a, a loan with with you know five, six, seven zeros behind it. So we ran a little contrary to the industry then, and and got some criticism for being like too in depth and caring too much about underwriting and financial analysis. And we said, you know, that's what this business is all about. Yeah, and this was the it was that same time period when I was building up our program at Members First in Central Pennsylvania, and we we really built it with small business lending, 
And, and people looked at me and, and said, what are you worried about that for? Just go buy loans. Where, where we were much more relationship focused. And, and that's the one piece that I've always really uh, admired and enjoyed about CUBG is I always say making loans is easy, but I've always felt like CUBG has done a great job in terms of educating people about building a program, but also all of the other things that go with it, like deposits where you can build relationship instead of just plowing assets on. And I have to commend you because I think that's just been wonderful for our industry. Yeah, we we set out, you know, my my coming from CFO background in community banking, it was all about bringing in the relationship to the community bank. Well, the the deposit aspect of the relationship is really the core of it, the day-to-day cash flow, accounting, expenditures, all that stuff. The loan is a is a very important piece of it, but we preached from day one, you really should have a more of a full service approach if you want to bring in business relationships. Um, that was not easy back then because credit union, well, still not now, but it, it was much more difficult then because of credit union systems were very consumer based. There wasn't a lot of, of uh, uh, capabilities on the commercial side, lot, not a lot of ability to offer much in depository services. So credit union struggled with that, but we were always able to at least put together a basic program for deposits so that you could help the member in a full, more full service way rather than just doing a loan transaction. Yeah, it's come a long way, but that is still the area that I would say credit unions can focus on the most in terms of building relationships. And that always seems like it's the harder sell because it's a little less tangible for people. People like to say, I have loan, I have income, here you go. Whereas the deposit is more of a marathon program. You're not going to see the benefits two months into it, it's a long and continual culture change. And, and, and systems have gotten better and more accessible to credit unions, but that culture we still have to keep promoting. Relationships, small business relationships, deposit relationships, and I think it'll bring us a much healthier industry. I totally agree. There a lot of credit unions that we work with or, or that we are currently working with are building out a more robust depository suite of services, hiring a, an officer that's well-versed in online business banking and all the tools and things that businesses use to protect against fraud coming through their accounts, to, to efficiently move money, to provide the right kind of control so the right people can move the right amounts of money when needed. Um, there's a lot of details associated with that, and that has been a big task for credit unions to get their arms around. But I am seeing actually a lot of credit unions that have been into commercial lending for 5, 10, even 15 years now saying, you know, it's time that we really build out the deposit side. So finally, 20 years down the road, we're getting some good traction on that. Yes, yes, yes. You know, what's really, when I, when I look back to uh, 20 years uh, and, and we talk about the old days, the biggest change that I think that I have seen is the difference in 20 years ago, the regulations were very prescriptive. Your loan had to have this LTV. There was a cap. There was hard caps. And it was very difficult to get around those. 
you everything had an annual review. You, you kind of lent in a box. Today, for anybody who says, well, the NCUA doesn't like, no, 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 the NCUA is wonderful today. They freed you up, they've trained the examiners, and, and really today people can build the program that they want without the limitations of the NCUA. And I never thought 15 or 20 years ago I would see the 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 relationship with the federal and state examiners that that we see today and the freedom for credit unions to make loans and manage and do what they want yeah that was a bold move by ncua instead of saying we're telling you what the rules are to say you set your own rules and then you just have to justify how you set those and why and et cetera to us. That's a big flip in philosophy. And I really commend uh, Vin Veeton who led that charge for the NCUA. We were very close with Vin over a number of years during his work on that. And uh, he always liked our, our to get our view on things because we worked with so many credit unions all across the country. We're kind of like a nice little focus group for him. And uh, they, they really did allow credit unions to, to bust out and really do, do the kind of lending and put together the kind of program that they want to rather than, than what they could do based on the rules. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it, Vin did a great job with the NCUA, the, the Rodney Hood and, and, and some of the other uh, board members really were, were strong advocates. And, and even it has trickled down so much to the frontline examiners, where I find that we're having much more intelligent conversations about the portfolios and industries and risk versus even five or seven years ago when we were debating with examiners on how to calculate cash flow because somebody might not have known how to do that. And, and they were trying to micromanage credit memos. It, it, it's the, the, the regulatory environment is, is really good these days. So, and I think you've seen many of the same things. I think a lot of that stems from uh, the, the expertise that has come into the credit eating industry. CBG puts on a national conference. We put on a national conference ever since 2007. So we have a lot of history with bringing credit unions together for a large conference, networking, etc. I think back to those early years when I looked out at the audience, uh, there was very little ec true expertise in commercial lending back in 07, 08. When I look out at our audience now, uh, of course, that's grown to be much more sizable. But boy, we have a lot of talent, a lot of expertise. And I think that really justifies the NCUA saying, you know, you, you know what you're doing. You just justify it to us rather than us trying to tell you what to do. Yeah, that, it, it's entirely true. Just the conversations have changed to much higher level, more intelligent and strategic than just, hey, let's make a loan and uh, let us fit, us into, fit it in this box. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, I've been in the CUSO space now 10 years, uh, half of the time you have. And when I also, when I think back to even when I joined MBFS, the use of a CUSO oftentimes was if you were a credit union, you needed a third party. And if when a question was asked, well, who actually knows and understands this? You pointed at the CUSO 
that you were buying expertise. And at the time, the regulations even allowed that and said you can use a third party to be your expertise. Now we bring scale, we bring systems, we bring capacity, we bring collaboration, and we work with your expertise in-house. And it's not just pointing the finger and saying, well, CUBG said it's a good loan, so we're going to do do what it's loan. What have you seen over the last several years in terms of the best use for a CUSO such as ours and yours? Yeah, we we went through that same exact thing early on at CUBG. Um, you know, a credit union would say, "Well, we hired you guys. We're we're paying you to help build our program and underwrite our loans. Why do we have to have somebody on staff?" And my simple answer was, "Because it's your loan, and you know, you can't ultimately count on another entity to manage your loan for you. We can perform certain tasks and activities and functions, but it's your loan." Uh, the regulators really had a similar kind of view on that too and were were almost in a way forcing in a good way forcing credit unions to have the right expertise on staff for the the volume and types of complexity of loans that they were doing so we we try to do the same thing we've always been a supplement a backup a contingency plan additional resources if um you know if all of a sudden you've got a portfolio of 200 loans and you're falling behind on annual reviews or things um, we get calls like that all the time hey we got regulators coming in our exams in uh, november and we need to catch up quick can we hire some resources and expertise from you so those kinds of things have been really beneficial to the industry besides just bringing the core expertise and we've got a, a very robust policy template and things that we provide to our credit unions that helps give them guidance in compliance and regulatory changes, things like that. So I always viewed us as a supplement, not the core of the credit unions program. Yeah, I, I think that's the best relationship and use for a credit union. Uh, you know, in, in, in those early days, when we talked about the Wild West days, it was uh, the credit union just flipped the keys to the QSO and said, go to it. Uh, you know, everything will be fine. Let us know if you need anything. Just send us the money. But yeah, right. that, that is long gone. Now, the last you know, few years for you, for me, for our industry, I've told the story when I thought back to March 2020. Uh, you know, I was charting out who I could lay off and keep the ship afloat. Uh, and, and I was hoping I could I could outlast, uh, you know, COVID. And, and it turned out to be, you know, the last few years are just phenomenal for all of us, for the business. What what do you see as the, the strength of the credit union industry over the next few years and what's going to help them? But what are those challenges for the credit union industry that they really need to work on as well? Yeah, that's that's great observations. Um, the the I think one of the biggest strengths is credit unions are, tend to be viewed in a very positive light in in any types of uh, customer surveys or industry, um, you know, kind of polling or that kind of thing. Credit unions typically come out with high marks, but that tended to be more on the consumer side. So at the beginning of of 
time in CUBG's history, um, it was a real challenge for a credit union just to establish itself as a player. Like, yes, we can actually do this loan. Are you sure? You've never done a commercial loan before in your history. <laughs> How can you do this loan now? So it was really convincing the market uh, that we are a player. I believe we have done that in many cases uh, out there throughout markets, and CUSOs have been an integral player in helping really promote credit unions into, into even better light because of the depth of resources and that kind of thing. So I think that's the biggest strength that we've got. We also have a strength now of the, uh, you know, the people, the expertise, the talent that we've got that we have been able to effectively recruit from from banking and and other um, industries that really makes you know allows us to walk the talk. So that's been really important. You can say you can do the loan, but you got to actually get it done. And so we, we've got a lot of really successful credit unions with big portfolios out there. I was just meeting the other day with BECU up here in Seattle, and their, their total commercial loan portfolio is $2.3 billion. That's a big portfolio. That's and a big that's portfolio. And that's a lot of success yeah, out there in the industry. Yeah. Going back when I first started at Members First, Nobody wanted. Nobody wants to be your credit union's first loan. And what I found was that low-hanging fruit of people who loved the credit union and really wanted business loans from them. So we would do those loans. And then I went out and bought the signs that said, financed by Members First Federal Credit Union, business lending, just so people would think, oh, they're, they must be doing a lot of loans. Uh, no, you see t three signs and we've done a total of three loans. Uh, but it worked. People, once you start spreading the word, um, you know, I you know I do a lot of different media appearances and podcast interviews promoting credit unions, and that's what I find continually. People love credit unions. Nobody's out there on the street protesting against their local credit union, but you, it's just they they it's gotten much better. But they still have to make that jump to consider that for the business. And I think that's going to be normalizing that is going to be it is something that people can't let up and they have to continue. So, yeah, you bet. I think one of the really big challenges for credit unions right now, and this is really industry wide, there are very few credit unions doing well at what I would say truly capturing the core business relationship. Now, if it's a very small mom and pop that doesn't really have much you know, much dollars or substance behind it, that's pretty easy to take care of. But a, but a business in a local community with say 50 employees and maybe a couple of stores or, you know, multiple, it's the landscaping business, they, they do commercial, they do residential, they've got lots of people, lots of that. That's really difficult for a credit union to service that relationship. So making this, the, not making the switch from, but expanding beyond just commercial real estate, which to me tends to be, can very much tend to be a transaction. I want to get my loan done. I want it the best terms, the best rate. Credit union, you got the loan. Okay, we're done. That's it. Now, turning that into a relationship that you're going to have ongoing activity, fee income, deposit dollars, additional loan opportunities, things like credit cards, et cetera. That's the challenge that many credit unions are, are embarking on today. And others are just saying that's a pretty daunting task and we, we got other things we've got to focus on before we can get to that big one. As we record this, 
it's the first time in probably 20 years where credit unions are now in a focus of we need to get deposits. We need to get low-cost deposits. And those credit unions that built up a very nice base of low-cost business deposits are in a much, much nicer position to, to build and grow and maintain their liquidity and not have to go out and borrow as much as the credit union that did the $10 million loan and the, the deposit was a $20 share account that they opened up. Because you have seen plenty of those. I have seen plenty of those as well. So, Yeah, absolutely. You bet. So tell people if they if they want to talk with you, you, you guys are the best of the best when it comes to your conferences and education. And you do. I, I always tell people, hey, CUBG does a nice job. I like their underwriting. I like our underwriting. It's all the same. You know, talk to both of us. Tell people a little if they want to connect with CUBG, the best way to do that. Yeah, the, we quickly found in our early years that education was going to need to be a core component of how we helped credit unions. Um, you can't just hand them a policy and set up an underwriting system but not help the credit union understand all the ins and outs and hire the right people and put all the right things into place. So education has been a focus of ours. Um, we, you know, of course, we've got our website, which lists all this stuff out, but we offer everything from the, the once a year national conference uh, down to like a two day, what we call business lending boot camp. It just takes any, anybody, new, new person to the industry, analyst, executive, any, anybody that needs a good solid foundation of, of commercial lending takes you through all the basics. Um, we've got about 30, 35 uh, education webinars out there for, for very specific topics, very technical things, as well as just simple stuff like conducting an effective interview with the business. What are some of the tools and techniques you can do there? So education is beneficial to everybody in the credit union industry, I think, and that's why our program has grown um, uh, considerably in that whole area. Um, you know, we, we also work more just a la carte with credit unions. So what do you need? It's not all or nothing working with CUBG. It's what do you need? How can we help you? If you need just a single service, like a, a review of an underwriting for quality control, we can certainly provide that easily enough and just charge you on a time and effort basis. Um, if you want to build a whole program and need full support, we can go that on that end of the spectrum too. So. Um, we got a staff of 75 people based in Portland, Oregon here, so it's pretty easy to get hold of us, and we've got folks all over the country, so we understand we understand a lot of the markets out there on a more more local basis, and uh, so we can we can certainly we pride ourselves in being flexible and helping credit unions in the way that they need it, not how not forcing credit unions to use our services the way we want you to. Great. So, Larry. It has been an honor uh, knowing you through the years, being a friend, being a mentor, uh, getting advice from you over time. And you know what, what you've done for our industry has been phenomenal. So hopefully uh, one day I'll be joining you at the Credit Union Retirement Home where we sit around and talk about the old crazy days. So <laughs> great point, Mark. That may be my retirement gig. Put together the, the commercial retirement home for credit union folks and people will be people I'll, people will join me over the years there. 
it, it would be a fun time. So, <laughs> but thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate it. So, yes, I appreciate the opportunity and thank you for the, the kudos and the, the kind words there. It has been the last 20 years have been the most rewarding of my career. And that's mainly just because of the people and the philosophy behind credit unions. So I've really enjoyed, it's very hard to, to walk away, but you know, time does fly. And I got a lot on my list before <laughs> that, that may not include working full time. So that's great to hear. So everybody, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for Larry. Please uh, subscribe on your favorite audio platform. Uh, we're dropping episodes every two weeks. And thank you and have a great day and talk to you very soon. Thank you for listening to the Credit Union Conversations podcast. Have a question? Visit markritter.com for more information.